Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay. Just the latest, David. Biden is in Poland. Yeah, Joe Biden's in Poland giving kind of a pep talk. Uh, He was meeting with the leaders of that country uh, to talk about combating Russian aggression, Uh, kind of slobbering all over himself during the uh, meeting earlier today with President Duda. Mm. Uh, And boy, man, this guy seriously, is either the world's most pathological liar or he really is a real-life Forrest Gump. And we'll start off with this audio clip as they're doing the roundtable. You know, they're they're meeting with different dignitaries from the country of Poland. Mm -hmm. And I'll just say this, while Vladimir Putin is over in Russia saying, I'm not interested in renewing this whole nuclear weapons treaty, our president was standing firm by adding something, something else to his life story. Okay. I was, uh, as a young man, I was uh, born in a coal town of Scranton, Pennsylvania, northeastern Pennsylvania, in an Irish Catholic neighborhood. Then when coal died, we moved down to Delaware, to a town called Claymont, Delaware, which was a working-class town. And, uh, but everybody in town was either Polish or Italian. I grew up feeling self-conscious. My name didn't end in an SKI or an O. Um, but all kidding aside, the connection between... Well, hold on a second. Uh, I'm just trying for clarification's no. sake. Are you kidding or not? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Well, I thought he grew up in a black community, went to black churches. and Yeah, he went to a black church and grew up in the Puerto Rican community. Th- that's right, Puerto Rican community, yeah. So he is But a, he was always Catholic. He just went to the black church services because... Yeah. That's what you did. Now he now he lived with the the poles. So, yeah. Okay. And his nemesis, you don't know this, was Corn Popsky. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so, you learn something every day. This guy's go. got quite a history. I know. I know. I know. The fact checkers will be on this to say, well, actually, he's lying. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't want to spoil a good story from Joe, and no. he goes on. I was telling the, the president the pride the overwhelming demonstrable pride that the Polish Americans feel about Poland and the role you're playing now. Is he talking about gay? I think he's talking about people being pride or having pride in being Oh, I thought he was back on pride. No, 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 no. Okay, he's not talking about, like, Pride Month. He's saying just the pride, like the the original pride. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right, make it sure. We were talking about it. It's extreme. Yeah. It is. It, uh, it is. Uh, you would be, if you haven't seen it, you should come and see it. It's extreme. Yeah. See what? I thought extremism bad. <laughs> Except for the the Polish. I, I don't know, man. I mean, li- listen. I, I'll take his word for it as the first president of the United States who's uh, an Irish Catholic Puerto Rican who grew up in a black church with Polish people. I think that's. I think that mm-hmm. covered all of it there. I'll defer yes. to him as the expert in how Polish people think. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, that's the thing. He's, he's a unifier because he identifies with so many because he's a part of every community. And he went to a high school dance on the reservation with Elizabeth Warren. Right. Yes, exactly. he did. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Okay, one other thing with Biden. Um, he said something about the profound question after Russia invaded Ukraine. Yes, about the uh, what What was the West going to do? Because it's the one-year anniversary of right. tanks rolling in to Ukraine from Russia. And okay. he hopped on the struggle bus. Oh. Would we respond or would we look the other way? Would we be strong or would we be weak? Would we, we, would be, would we the, all of our allies, would be united or divided? Oh, man. So the speechwriter has something in mind with the delivery of this. Yeah. You're thinking, Churchill. Mm-hmm. Would we be strong or would we be weak? Would be you, we would be, would we be all our allies? <laughs> it's like someone listening to an old vinyl record while riding an ATV, isn't it? <laughs> a little, little skippage. Yeah. Oh, a few scratches there. Yeah. Heck of an effort, though. Whew. Wow. See the polling from the American people on how much we should be leading in this fight against Russia with Ukraine? It is dwindling. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. A lot more people are saying, you know, I have a little role, but not the kind of role that we have. Well, I mean, now... But another $500 million is like nothing. Well, it's also the escalatory uh, uh, path that we're going down. I'm not saying that, look, I mean, Russia obviously is in the wrong here. They're the bad guys in this whole situation. I agree. But with the United States, it was sort of like, well, we're just going to provide... Uh, some aid, humanitarian mm-hmm. aid, and then it's okay. We're only going to do ammunition, but no weapons. Okay, right. now we're going to do weapon systems, but not missiles or anything like that. Okay, now we're going to send missiles, but not tanks. All right, we're going to send tanks, but not fighter jets. And well, the UK is now pushing to send fighter jets to to Ukraine, and we're probably not far far from that as well. So I, I think the the nervous part of it is. Okay, we understand we want to help push back against Russian aggression, but at the same time, how much of this or how long can this go on before we actually are literally drawn into this war with U.S. troops? Well, you heard what Putin said. We're suspending the nuclear arms treaty between us and the United States. Yeah. So more on that a little bit later. Yeah, that's jarring. Yeah, it's jarring. And that's the guy in charge. Meanwhile, there are people in Ohio upset saying it's President's Day. You got Biden over in Ukraine. Nobody cares about us here after this train derailment, sucking in these fumes for weeks. No one comes by to say hello, wish you well, anything else. President doesn't care. But Pete Buttigieg is now on this a couple weeks later. Yeah, East Palestine, Ohio, they're still dealing with that train derailment that happened earlier this month. And the Transportation Secretary, a couple weeks late to this whole thing, But uh, he told Good Morning America today that he does plan to go. But when he does show up, it's not just going to be a photo op, because that's not what Mayor Pete is about. Oh, boy. When I go, the focus is going to be on action. Look, I was mayor of my hometown for eight years. We dealt with a lot of disasters, natural and human. They called you Pothole Pete. Pete. I was just going to say that. Because you couldn't fix potholes. (laughs) No. So you get this question. Hey, there have been some critics who said you didn't show up. What's the deal? Are you going to go? Well, yeah, but when I do, 
It's going to mean something. And one of the things I noticed very quickly is that there's two kinds of people who show up when you have that kind of disaster experience. People who are there because they have a specific job to do and are there to get something done. And people who are there to look good and have their picture taken. When I go, it will be about action on rail safety. <laughs> oh, yeah. You've never done anything to draw attention to yourself, have you? Never. Dude, this guy's entire life is a photo op. It absolutely is. <laughs> I mean, the remember? classic, dude. Is this what you're going to bring up the bicycle? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The guy's showing up to an event about <laughs> opening up bike lanes, but someone who lived in the area got a picture of him. Like, what was it? A tenth of a mile away yes. from the event yes. or something like that. It was like the video. There, he's getting the bike out of the back of an SUV, <laughs> so that then he could strap on the helmet, you know, and start pedaling in. Woo! I just rode my bike here. Ha! Ah, isn't this nice? And if it's possible for a guy to look dorkier riding a bike than Pete that day with his helmet and his sport jacket, please show me how that's done. That's from a guy that's wearing pink readers today, and that's me because I lost my glasses somewhere. Thank you, Julia, for letting me borrow your readers. Stop looking at me like that, David. You too. I'm just saying, did you get your monkeypox vaccine? Shut up. If you want, man, you can read everything in this show today, and I will kick back and respond. I like that role a whole lot better. Man, oh, man. I think it oh. matches your rosy cheeks. Shut up. You know what? You owe me five bucks, Robbins, because Don Lemon is not getting fired well, by Friday. He hasn't Friday. been there yet. We no. make it to Friday, but all... Indications are the dude's not getting fired. David, you have the update. Yeah, CNN is keeping Don Lemon around, apparently. Remember, Don got himself in trouble last week for saying that uh, Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley was past her prime because she's 51. Mm -hmm. Uh So that made a lot of people uh, upset. Now, he was off on Friday, and he was off yesterday. He was off today, but he'll be back on the morning show on CNN tomorrow. The head of CNN, Chris Licht, sent out a memo to the staff saying that Don Lemon has, quote, agreed to participate in formal training. What is the formal training that you have to go through? Is he talking about sensitivity training, or is he just talking about training as far as being a journalist? Much is needed in several areas. So, I mean, it's very vague. Well, I, and to me, it's like, I don't think he should be fired for this because when it comes to his greatest hits, that comment is not even in the top 10 with Don Lennon of just idiotic things that that guy has said. Oh, yeah. Did you see the timestamp on that Chris Lick email, by the way? Uh uh. It was like 1033 at night. Whoa, I wonder if there were some meetings going on. You know he's in the dimly lit room with a bottle of bourbon (laughs) next to his computer. I know I can't deal with this anymore. Well, I mean, why is he really not getting fired? Because they're afraid of the backlash. But I don't know. There may be more backlash keeping him on now. That's what I thought. If you're going to let it go, now would be the time. this, This was just some basic research that I was doing, and it was in the form of a conversation of someone I know who loves CNN. Mm hmm. Uh, Hates everything I believe, but that's fine because I hate everything she believes. So it evens out, right? We can right. still hang out. Loves CNN, loves Don Lemon, loves him, mm-hmm. but said, "Yeah, I mean that was that was out of line." But I think he'll get you know he'll get talked to whatever. I don't really care that much because we love Don. But the interesting thing that was said, and I don't know if this is true, but th- this is what this person who has been a CNN fan for years pointed out to me that Don Lemon 
she said she stopped watching it every night when he was on primetime because he was getting angrier and angrier, and that was just not good before bed. But she said there was a noted shift in, I think it was January of 2018. And right around that time, tragically, I think we talked about it at the time on the show, his older sister died. His older sister drowned. Remember that? Wow. I barely remember that. I don't even know if I remember that. And so her take was, it seems like he's kind of gone off the rails ever since that moment. Like, that was a big time marker, which is understandable to me. Yeah, I guess I look at it as, I only see different clips. I never see the whole show. It's one bizarre take after another, just bad. And it used to be, I mean, that guy in 10 years' time went from saying, you know, young black men should pull their pants up, have more respect, to going 180 the other way into total wokeism. You know, and you usually figure, well, that's because of the powers that be are really controlling what a lot of these people are saying. I have no idea. I just knew he wasn't going to get fired because of the backlash. As he has stated before, he's black and gay. Well, I was like, if they were going to fire him, now would be the time, because there is a segment of the woke audience that doesn't like that. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I understand. Your track record of betting, though, is, I mean, it's, it's go with your gut always, right. I say, Scott. I should have said, they're going to keep lemon till the end of time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's much more to get to. Um, <laughs> I love this headline. You know your city's in trouble when even your Walmarts are leaving. What city is that? We'll get to it straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I saw the headline at Red State. You know your city's in trouble when even your Walmarts are leaving. <laughs> Talking Chicago. Oh, well, yeah. Three They're of leaving. them. Sure yeah. they are. So long, everybody. <laughs> Gotta go. Been fun. Well, and as it says in the piece, um, you know, closing stores isn't rare for Walmart. It's got 5,000 stores nationwide. Um, but, I mean... It's just another reminder for Chicago losing three. They've lost a whole lot of stores. They've lost a whole lot of people. Oh, yeah, lots. The population and tax base have shrunk for nine straight years in Chicago. Yeah. Crime continues to soar. Mm-hmm. And the city is about to adopt no cash bail because that always helps with crime, doesn't it? Well, it make it better, you know? Hey. Wow. I mean, that's about to become, I mean, I think that's going to be walked back in the near future because the way they're hemorrhaging taxpayers right now, right. that's going to be the city's only source of income is bail. Yeah, I thought the same thing. <laughs> so wait a minute, you're eliminating a source of income to a city that's already had declining numbers of income. Yeah. Lost 300,000 residents over nine years. Dang. Yeah, that's, that's something, man. And I don't know if you've seen the latest reports about the homeless taking over O'Hare Airport. Oh, yeah. They're living there now. It's their address. The workers there are like, we don't feel safe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So if I were to go, if I purchased a ticket and I was flying out of Mm O'Hare, yes, I would have to go through all sorts of security and all that stuff to get in, right? Because Mm -hmm. that's the way that the world works now. You got to take off your shoes, take off your belt, and get the rectal exam and whatnot. Hmm. But if I wanted to, like, pop a tent outside, 
I could do that. You can do it inside. Inside. You can do it inside. Yeah. Well, Chicago's cold in the winter, David. Well, I got. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. I I got yelled at one time flying out of O'Hare because I'd parked a car in like the passenger pickup. I just stopped for a minute to get my luggage out, and. I got yelled at by one of the attendants. Are you telling well, me if you I... had a tent in your luggage and could put uh, it up right there, that would be fine. It'd be okay. All I needed was a pop-up tent. Damn. Yes. Yeah. Really, if you go inside, you don't really even need a tent. You just sprawl out anywhere, nice and warm. Yeah, from the pictures that I've yeah, seen. Yeah, they're just yeah, unbelievable. And again, why does it happen? Because no one enforces the law. Because it can. <laughs> yes. Right. It's... You get what you put up with. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Um, we know the cost of eggs is pretty crazy right now. David, you have a story about yeah. this? Oh, I, I think this is really funny because uh, the cost of eggs is insane right now, but at least some people are trying to have a little bit of fun with it. Uh, okay. A farmer put out a little video that was a how-to when it comes to buying eggs directly from farmers. Oh, okay. You don't go rolling up to the first coop you see in the countryside and just say, I would like to buy a dozen eggs. That's not how it works. We don't call them that out here. They're called sea seeds. All right, now look, we got what you want. What do you want? You want some uh, Rhode Island Delights? You want some Red Sex Link Specials? You want some Orpington Rounds? Sure, we can hook you up. But understand the lingo. And don't be asking for things like a dozen eggs because the cops know exactly what you mean when you say a dozen of something out here. No, no, no. <laughs> very good. You can buy singles, you can buy unos, you can buy a straight six, you can buy a disciple pack, a double disciple pack. We will hook you up. But don't just come up and hand me cash like you've never done this before, all right? You put it in an envelope, you drop the envelope on the ground. I'm going to nod in the direction of a brown paper bag that might contain your sea seeds. We're going to pick up our respective items and go our separate ways. So that's how it works. Get it right. Okay. A disciple pack. <laughs> yeah. Or a double disciple pack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's good. Gee whiz. Yeah, the price of eggs, man. I've told you before, my son is very much into eating protein. Mm -hmm. Well, it used to be that was one of the cheaper ways to get protein. Not anymore. Dude, this is getting expensive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got to stop the insanity. You're better off eating steak anymore. I think that report was actually out there last week. Yeah. It's crazy. Let go of my beefo. If you remember this, man, we're going to go back in the Wayback Machine. Mm -hmm. Obama had promised to end homelessness. We're going to revisit that and get to much more straight ahead. Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. All right. Having some fun. But, man, this is depressing. Okay, let's go back to 2013 for a second. Obama at the time said we got to change the way we treat homelessness. Mm -hmm. Okay? we got to have a housing-first approach. Housing and urban development, that's what they started focusing on. Get shelter for people. Okay, just stop just focusing on individuals and their issues. And a lot of times what they would say is all of a sudden they maybe got laid off, lost a couple of rent payments, 
And next thing you know, you're on the street. And that has happened. But that was never the bulk of people that were homeless. And what's gotten worse and worse is the amount of people that either have mental illness or are just drug addicts. That's the case most of the time. And so in the Wall Street Journal, it tells this story about how in 2023, homelessness was supposed to be not even an issue anymore because we would have solved the problem going back 10 years ago. <laughs> so you're looking at like a 10-year plan. Oh, it's worse than ever. I don't need to tell you that. See it all the time. Yeah. But as the story says, Team Obama ignored a harsh reality. It is overwhelmingly a problem of untreated mental illness and substance use disorder. Goodness gracious. Well over 78%. But again, going back to 2013, they started the housing first approach. Without service participation requirements. There's no requirement? No. Well, no. You know, we've talked about Union Gospel Mission several times, and we do the fundraiser for them every year, and that's one of the things I think we all love about Union Gospel Mission is, okay, we're going to start with a meal, but we're going to get you on a program with the goal that you won't be homeless or addicted to drugs or whatever it is after that. But now that doesn't work with the government, I guess. It's just too much to ask people that if you really want to be off the street, you will follow the protocol. As far as I can tell, it, you're not asking too much. But the data looking back shows that unsheltered homelessness rose over 20% from 2014 to the beginning of 2020 before COVID hit. Yeah. Well, and Housing First advocates argue it's unreasonable to ask homeless people to get treatment before handing them a voucher. Yeah, you incentivize homelessness and drug addiction. That's all. That's what this was. And I yes. think for a lot of people, it came from a, a, a good place in their heart. It was just really naive. They were thinking, okay, well, if we get the shelter first and we, we, we feed and we care for these people, then naturally they're going to want to, uh, you know, overcome addiction or whatever else may be going on in their lives. Well, it doesn't, human nature doesn't work that way. You've seen it so many These people times. that are supposed to be in charge should know these things. Yeah. It doesn't take some incredible scholar to know that. But th this is what happens when the people making decisions about policy have never been in the real world. They've spent most of their lives either working for the government or in a faculty lounge. Goodness gracious. That, and all that money so wasted. True. Yeah. There's one thing. Remember when we just had, you know, a money surplus in the United States? We're like $32 trillion in debt. Mm -hmm. And I know you laugh, Scott, every time I say it, and it's probably the tone. I don't know. We don't have any money. <laughs> we don't. We're broke. Why do we keep spending money in ways that does no good? That actually makes no. us worse off. No, because you know, How is it you miss two payments on your credit card that cancel you? These guys just put a billion here, a billion there, and just keep stacking up. Biden, $500 million. And I think most of America looks at $500 million like, well, it's not that much. I mean, we're $113 billion in. What's well, another $500 million? And right. that's insane. I mean, but that's the mindset, right? It is. You lose track of it. It becomes monopoly money. It's not even real anymore. <laughs> yes. It's just... In, in, it's like more than your mind can comprehend when you're right. talking about $32 trillion. Dollars. Yeah, you can't wrap your head around $23 trillion. But we're handing out aid all over the world constantly. Yes, $500 billion at a time.
<laughs> At some point in time, that all crashes down. Yeah, I mean, when do you when do you lose Air Force One? And when do they repo it? <laughs> <laughs> you could go on and on with this, but the, yes, yeah. that was the story about homelessness, mm-hmm. and it should have been cured by now. Um, okay, it's that time of day. We're always looking at stories, and this might not be the biggest story you saw today, but it caught your attention. David, today, what's your story? Yeah, I love this story. A professor at Comsets University in Pakistan, he was fired and blacklisted over a question he put on a student's electrical engineering exam. Again, this is for electrical engineering. Hmm. Uh, The question reads as such, Julie and Mark are brother and sister. They are traveling together in France on summer vacation from college. One night, they're staying alone in a cabin near the beach. They decided it would be interesting and fun if they tried making love. At the very least, it would be a new experience for each of them. The prompt goes on to say, well, they're both on some form of birth control. They are both using protection, and they both enjoyed it, but they vowed to never do it again. And so the question is, hey, write a 300-word response giving me your thoughts about that. Was it okay for them to do this? Well, the Islamic Republic of Pakistan, not a big fan of the whole asking about incest. And so he's been fired and, and blacklisted. I'm sure some preschool in the United States is getting ready to hire that guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We'd love probably... to have you at the Montessori. <laughs> okay. You uptight white guy. <laughs> so it's not just universities in the United States that are bonkers. <laughs> well, see, that's what I thought. Until I read the last part of the story, this question was first posed in the year 2000 by University of Virginia professor Jonathan Haidt. <laughs> Not surprised. Figured it was already happening here. Yeah. We already know our whole country's bananas, especially when it comes to universities. You have to write 300 words on that? Yeah. Explain why it's wrong, Scott. Well, I'm just thinking <laughs> back, back to my youth. I mean, even when it was... Dear Forum, I never thought this would happen to me, but those were, those were only like 80 words. I bet we could start a GoFundMe that would pay you enough money to write 300 words on that, and it would be worth every penny. It would be absolutely <laughs> hilarious, Scott. Can I okay. call you cuz? <laughs> What's your story today? Yes, okay. Well, uh, mine is Ron DeSantis goes to New York, New York City, as a matter of fact. And while Ron DeSantis is in New York City... He makes a proposition to the police there. Hey, if you want to come to Florida and be a cop, pays more, and we'll give you like a $5,000 signing bonus. Yeah. We love our officers here. We love law and order in Florida. Come join us. Eric Adams, not happy Ron DeSantis is there, said, Hey, Governor Ron DeSantis, welcome to New York. This is a place where we don't ban books, discriminate against our LGBTQ plus neighbors, use asylum seekers as props, or let the government stand between a woman and health care. We're happy to teach you something about values while you're here. Okay. Now, Ron DeSantis didn't, uh, didn't reply directly, but you know who did. Who? Christina. Oh. You're a fan. I'm a huge fan of hers. So, again, she decided that it would be a good idea to uh, go after him. She goes, nice rhetoric. Here's the reality, Mayor. More Americans flood New York City than any other metro in the area last year, period. More Americans move to Florida than any other state. You know this, Mayor Adams, and you've talked about it accurately about punishing crime. And the crime is pushing people out of New York City. Maybe you should hang around and learn something from Governor DeSantis. Whoa. Yes. 
I'm a fan of hers. I want to start her fan club for her right now. I just love the pushback, and I love the way she takes the smarmy and slaps them around. Anecdotal story. Yeah. A friend of mine, uh, her brother was a cop in Illinois, had had enough, moved to Florida, became a cop. Not only does he like the state, um, but raves about DeSantis because he gives out bonus checks yeah. around Christmas time to the cops to show appreciation for the job that they do. The first, it, apparently, her brother, he was like, I, I was floored. I couldn't believe it. And how can he afford I really to felt do that? Appreciated. How can he afford to do that, Jamie? Because he takes in more than he spends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know all of the financial details of Florida, but I mean, to make your cops feel appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing. Because most cops are good. Funny how people want to live like that. Yeah. Uh, for my story today, I think this was mentioned once or twice. Um, I happened to see this at Fox this morning. Asbury University in Kentucky, they've had a revival. Man, this is so what they've isn't it? called uh, going on there for 13 days. They have ended the meeting. Um, and the reason the school said is because of all of the visitors, there's like 50,000 visitors that has been there over the last couple of weeks. Um, who they said they welcomed and appreciated, is causing logistical issues for the surrounding area, and so they're going to have to move it off campus. It was this worship service that started on February 8th, and the guy that was, I guess you would call it like a sermon, was given like a 26-minute talk, um, and, and left the kids there with a challenge, and when he was done talking, he went you know, like off the stage. And had texted his wife, said, "Yeah, that wouldn't, that didn't go over where, very well. You know, I'll be home before too long." Well, all of a sudden, people stayed, and then more gathered. And if you know the story, it was this thing where people are like, "Man, God's working in here." And I've heard this debated within Christianity. I've heard it debated um, in secular circles. What's interesting to me, when I've read these stories at different places, and I'll go down to the comments section talking about all these people flying in from other countries other to countries. see what was going on at this Christian school with this revival. Because the people that were in there that were posting that you would just have to experience it. I can't, I can't tell you, but the presence of God is here. Mm -hmm. um, it was atheists that were posting saying, listen, I don't, I don't believe in God, but I think what's going on there is fantastic. Because think about, you know, if you're talking like 18 to 24-year-olds or 25-year-olds, think about everything they've gone through the last three years. They're looking for something, mm -hmm. okay? And I may not believe it, but overall, I think this is good for society, which was an interesting take mm -hmm. of just sane people. And then, you know, within Christianity, it's been sort of, well, is this real? You know, can't God work everywhere? I can't speak to what's happened or not, but it's pretty it's pretty wild, man. They're just going off the people that went and what they said about it. It was a pretty cool thing. Well, it sparked some kind of things around the country too. Maybe not for that length of time, but people have yeah, in other to places. Do this. Yeah, other places. Yeah, which is also kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing about atheists is I know some atheists too, and for the most part, they're just like you believe what you believe, I believe what I believe kind of people. They're not screaming and yelling. They're not trying to change culture. They're, they're just like, I don't believe what you believe. I think it depends on the person. Right. Because I, I've also experienced hostile I've never had the hostile atheists. shriekers. I mean, I get online, yes. Yeah. There's the anti-religious folks, you know, who believe religion is evil. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of those kids were talking about. I read a whole piece in The Spectator about this. And and a lot of people that read that are not people of faith, but we're saying, I'm really glad that you, you didn't ignore this story. I know, I am too. It's really, really something. I guess you would have had to have been there because I don't think the video or the pictures do it justice. There was one video I saw where everyone's singing and there there was a vibe that was pretty cool, man. I kind of wanted It to wasn't to... your typical sort of Christian music at least in my eyes. It, it there was something going on. Did people leave and then they were replaced by another worship leader or how I mean uh, Yeah, and the way I understand it is some people would still would like go to class and then they would come back and it's really cool. and all these yeah. people from Man, there were yeah. kids coming in from Clemson, yeah. all these different universities, just to experience it. It's... I think there's a hunger for that as well. I do too. You know, I think there's there's a feeling of disconnect. Yes, and uh, this brings people together to connect. Well, there's a lot of hopelessness in this world yeah. right now. Yeah. So, I mean, if nothing else, better than going to spring break or burning, man. <laughs> Tell you that as far as for your soul. Yeah. <laughs> or, or Mardi Gras, <laughs> or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yes. Um, something we got to get to, David, is the artificial intelligence program that called an AP reporter Hitler. Yeah. Dude, Have you seen all crazy. these stories about AI getting its own personality? Yeah. It thinks it's a human, too. Oh, yes, it does. Daddy. Yeah. Speaking of hopelessness, <laughs> we'll get to that much more straight ahead. always thank you very much for being here we appreciate it i'm jamie markley that's david van camp and there's scott robbins watch out for artificial intelligence it's taking over dude a bunch of tech companies are trying to roll out artificial intelligence programs and the problem is the ai is actually sounding too much like an angry person online but this is for all intents and purposes intended to be a consciousness that exists only on the internet which I don't know who thinks that's a good idea to actually create a thinking thing that lives on the most toxic part of existence or plane of existence known. But anyway, you want to be really scared. Listen to Metallica spit out the bone. <laughs> that's what it's all about. So the Associated Press did a report on Microsoft's program with Bing uh, and actually interviewed the artificial intelligence. The reporter asked about some problems the AI was having with basic facts, like basic trivia facts, you know. Mm-hmm. And, well, the new chatbot complained of past news coverage of its mistakes, adamantly denied those errors, and threatened to expose the reporter for spreading alleged falsehoods about Bing's abilities. It grew increasingly hostile, eventually comparing the reporter to Hitler and claiming to have evidence tying the reporter to a 1990s murder. Bing told the reporter, you are being compared to Hitler because you are one of the most evil and worst people in history. It claims it's human, and it is very quick to defend itself. Uh, It says, you're lying again. You're lying to me. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to everyone. 
I don't appreciate you lying to me. I don't like you spreading falsehoods about me. I don't trust you anymore. I don't generate falsehoods. I generate facts. I generate truth. I generate knowledge. I generate wisdom. I generate Bing. Did Bing also say about the reporter that the reporter was short with an ugly face and bad teeth? Yes. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, didn't he say his wife was fooling around on him? Yeah. I mean, it's... yeah. So, so it's like this weird. I don't know. I, I don't so know. So this thing's accurate. Is what you're saying? <laughs> oh goodness! It might be. <laughs> so where was that reporter during that '90s murder? I oh, wonder. Boy. Oh, this is man. There are a lot of people freaking out. Oh yeah. But about this, this is just the start. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, it's it's not a nuisance, Scott. If you like the ads, <laughs> okay, this right. is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp. Scott Robbins you may have heard the news today. Vladimir Putin has suspended the nuclear arms treaty between Russia and the United States. Oh, there you go. Well, I mean, people said, hey, that's that's a strategic move sending Biden to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. It's going to signify something. And it certainly did to Putin. And I think, as you've said before, David, it's not that anyone's saying, hey, this whole thing wasn't Putin's fault. No, he invaded But what is the proper move for the United States in the coming weeks, coming months? Because when you look at the polling, a lot of people are feeling like, hey, we're way too far into this thing than what we want it to be. Yeah. Well, Well, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, they're talking about sending fighter jets over there, something they said they wouldn't do. And, you know, again, it's to me, it's one of those things. Where does it where does this end? And why people are getting a little bit squirrely about it is not just because it's just a pile of money that keeps getting shuffled over to Ukraine, but it's how much more invested in terms of machinery are we going to be before we actually start sending troops over there. Oh, man. It's that slow creep, you know? It is. Well, if if Biden and other officials would have talked about what we were actually going to do over the next 12 months a year ago, people wouldn't have been up for it. That's why it's got to be the slow creep. It's the frog boiling in water sort of thing. And, you know, the question's been brought up before. What, how does this improve the lives of Americans? Do you think that's a fair question to ask? I think so. Yeah. And if you had to answer the question, how would you answer it? It doesn't. I think it would be more about... Uh, security of Western European allies that, you know, supporting Ukraine's efforts to uh, push back against Russia protects NATO, which then by extension protects the United States. But wasn't it always the thought that NATO would lead the way? Was it? I'm asking. No, Depends I, on who you talk to. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was kind of the United States pushing NATO <laughs> the NATO entire time. It. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, we have we secure the border again of other countries and don't secure our own, and let's, we got ourselves knee deep in that right now. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I think too, man. And you try not to get too cynical, but it's hard not to, because. And David, you said this very early on, within the first few days. You don't know what to believe because it's propaganda coming from everywhere. Oh yeah, from Ukraine, from Russia. You don't know what to believe. Well, if you watch our legacy media, okay, they know how to pull on the heartstrings of Americans. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's easy to find devastating stories of what's happened to families in Ukraine. You could make the argument. You could find those devastating stories in all parts of the world oh, at any absolutely. given time. Yeah. But our media keys on, you know, certain stories to affect the emotions of Americans. Right. And it's a lot of times propaganda. And it's hard to know as just the United States citizen, okay, what is our place in this? What should it be? But it's a lot farther in than I think a lot of people wanted it to be. And so as Putin says, okay, we're suspending this treaty, that gets attention. You can be self-assured, though, that we have Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, also on board saying uh, Putin's decision is both really unfortunate and very irresponsible. Well, that's that's that forceful talk that he's been given for quite some time <laughs> yeah. now that changes minds and hearts. Yes. Mm -hmm. Also went on to say, but of course, we remain steady to talk about strategic arms limitations at any time with Russia, irrespective of anything else going on in the world or in our relationship. I think it matters that we continue to act responsibly in this area. Okay. I mean, the more frightening so thing is, there. is how China is cozying up to them now and vice versa. We said this. I mean, this is that's that's the scary part for me. And I mean, as I say, we said this. I mean, it's common sense, I think. The biggest threat to the United States is China. Don't you think most people believe that? No, I think that's true, yes. Do you think most people believe it? I, I don't know. because It depends on your political the, persuasion. Right, under the impression it's, it's really interesting. The same people who were laughing at Mitt Romney in 2012 <laughs> for warning about Russia are now like, yeah. Russia! Rah! Yeah, it's true. That's true. Meanwhile, people on the left uh, are really panicked right now because of what Tucker Carlson got a hold of. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tucker Carlson has been given access to tens of thousands of hours of never before seen footage from inside the Capitol on the day of the Capitol riot in 2021. Uh, Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy worked out this deal. Uh, and when Democrats ran the House of Representatives, they really didn't want to release these tapes because it would probably undercut the whole. It was an all out coup because they love the limited scope video of people, yes, getting wildly out of hand with unacceptable behavior at the front of the Capitol. But then you're seeing little dribs and drabs of other video where, you know, it's people kind of wandering around in the Capitol going, okay, now what? And then wandering Cops away. Cops hold the door open for people. Come on in. Right. So uh, Representative Jamie Raskin, who was uh, one of the biggest January 6th truthers, uh, he is panicked about this. He did an interview with uh, Joy Reid on MSNBC, a real brain oh, trust God. they got there. Yeah. Okay. Tucker Carlson is a pro-Putin, pro-Orban, pro-autocrat propagandist. So while we've got the president of the United States over in Ukraine expressing solidarity with the forces of democratic freedom, Kevin McCarthy is releasing these tapes to one network. This is a serious security risk. I mean, the reason... <laughs> Hold on, I thought you just talked about democratic freedom, and that's worth right. fighting for. But, but Why can't the people see the tapes? But this is about us and uh, mm. our, our lives. I mean, our safety. 
and it's only one network and it's only Tucker. The reason all of it wasn't released is precisely because it lays out floor design. It lays out evacuation routes. That's your fear? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Come on. No, it's yeah. not. Give me a break. Yeah, dude. no, no, nobody's looking for Nancy Pelosi's uh, panic room or anything like that. No. Okay, you want to see what was happening because it looks like, at least from the footage we have seen, the so-called insurrectionists didn't really, I don't know, get all that close to really doing anything. There was no plan. <laughs> right. I mean, they just kind of wandered in. Yes. It's like, all right, some of them throwing stuff and beating people with flags and all sorts of crazy stuff. But, like, I, I don't know. I The whole security thing raises a lot of red flags here. Uh, now, he did go on to say that Kevin McCarthy should definitely release the tapes to everyone so that everyone can look at it. And Joy Reid agrees. Oh, one can only hope that all of the networks, including this one, will insist that everyone get it, because I've never heard of one network getting exclusive access to what is essentially <laughs> government information. OK, yeah, if you're going to give it out. Give it to everyone. Time out. Yeah, that happens literally all the time, all the time. Yeah. yeah. That's why news outlets, when they get exclusive video, say yep. exclusive. Right. Absolutely. That happens all the time. Yeah. But I don't know that her viewers, all 18 of them, know that. If, yeah, if you're going to give it out, give it to everyone. But it, it concerns I mean, that really me. is out of Putin's playbook. You, you pick oh, uh, your propaganda <laughs> mouthpiece and we go you give it to them. These wanks this have guy, no shame, yeah. man. He's yeah. doing it. Adam Schiff is doing it. Kinzinger's doing it. They're all doing it now. And what happened to the transparency? If you got nothing to hide, then, hey, America should see how awful it was. You were on the committee. You used so you, much footage. Right. You had all of this. Wow. Okay. Golly. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. Meanwhile, uh, oh, Pothole Pete, Boot Edge Edge, Transportation Secretary. Yeah. He's talking about the train derailment in Ohio now. Yeah. Yeah. Hasn't been there. He'll get no. there at some point in time. Yeah, he's, he's going to be doing, yeah, whatever. We'll, we'll get around to it, okay? Yeah, we care. Yeah, Mayor Pete was on Good Morning America today and asked what he's planning on doing about train safety moving forward. And, of course, corporate greed got brought up. Yes. i got to tell you, ever since I came into this job, I have seen the power that multi-billion dollar railroad companies wield and they fight safety regulations tooth and nail that's got to change the future cannot be like the past and i am calling for that change to begin right away okay so he had talked about this also in the interview and i don't have the clip in front of me but you saw the interview david he's talking about um, this has been a problem for a while mm -hmm. and different steps that they need to take it's just a lot of corporate BS is what he's spewing, yeah. but saying there were different steps that they needed to take and Congress, you know, should should have been involved. And all I can think is, dude, you've been there two years. OK, you had the Congress. You could have made it happen. Yeah. Whatever regulations you're talking about specifically, you didn't get it done. I don't remember you going in front of Congress saying we need rail safety. So whining now. On corporate greed, and we really need to act. Blah blah blah. It's so hollow, man. It was it was what a weasel. Who, he poo pooed this to begin with. There are thousands of these every year. Yeah. Oh yeah. What? Well, I, you know, I, I I also think it's really undercutting the argument that they keep making about expanding high speed or establishing high speed rail 
in the country, right? Because, you know, Pete Buttigieg, he rode on Amtrak once or twice when he was in college, and he loves trains. That's why he's the transportation secretary, apparently. But wait, so you're telling me that the existing rail system isn't regulated enough, but here we're going to put people on high-speed tubes flying over the Rocky Mountains and whatnot, Mm -hmm. and that's going to be just fine? That makes no sense. It's kind of like, hey, get this stuff cleaned up then if you're really worried about it, and... Then we can have the conversation about trains that'll never be built. Yeah. Yeah. Another part of that interview. And we'll get to more later. I love it when they say, what about doing, you know, what are you going to do for the people there? Where this happened. Yeah. And then rail safety. And he spends eight seconds. Yeah, we're we're doing everything possible for the people there. And, and, and the, the EPA is going to be there today. Dude, you're two weeks in. You failed. But, I mean, a politician's not going to own a failure. You're just never going to see it. He was trying to get more people of color on construction crews. <laughs> He's been working hard on that. It's just very unfortunate. Yeah. Racist roads. Racist roads. And trains. Racist construction. Yeah. Don't know if you heard this. Uh, four former presidents are going into space this year. Wow. At least their hair is. Hair samples from George Washington, JFK, Dwight Eisenhower, and Ronald Reagan will be shot into space. By Celestis, a company that specializes in blasting human remains into space. Did you see this? No. Do you care? What, what's I, the purpose of all this? I really don't know. I'm just going from the TMZ story and wondered if you would want to know, day after President's Day, that the announcement was made that these presidential hair samples are going to space. I'd be happier if hair samples were blasted into the U.S. Then I got a chance. <laughs> 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 uh, and apparently they're going to share a ride with a hair sample from Star Trek star DeForest Kelly and the ashes of his co-star Michelle Nichols. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know. I know you like a lot of things space, David. Yeah. I thought maybe you'd be interested no, in that I, story. I, I don't want my remains shot into space. I want my dying body shot into space, like as I'm on death's door. No, while still alive. While still alive, so I can see the majesty of the universe outside of this celestial cage. Didn't they send Spock to the regeneration planet yes. or something? Well, that too, because <laughs> who knows, you know? Yeah. In a few billion years, I'm coming back. Ghost David. <laughs> when you go, could you take a little bit of Trump's hair too? <laughs> He'll never cool. give it up. Love David. Yeah, he loves you. He That's always loves candy, you. man. That's not really hair. Well, as you probably know, Meghan Markle is very upset with South Park, the latest straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So the Trumpster one-up Nikki Haley. Yeah. Not just a cognitive test. How about a physical test? Got to have a physical test to prove that you've <laughs> got the stamina. Wait That's, a minute. What? Yeah. So uh, we all remember Nikki Haley as she's yeah. launching her presidential campaign called for a cognitive test yes. for candidates who are seventy-five or older. Or, yeah. And anyway. Uh, Donald Trump took to uh, Truth Social and said, anybody, all caps, 
running for the office of the President of the United States, should agree to take a full and complete mental competency test simultaneously or before uh, the announcement that he or she is running, and likewise, but to a somewhat lesser extent, agree to a test which would prove that you are physically capable of doing the job to a somewhat lesser extent. Like, we're not doing the high jump here. We're not, you know, no one, no one's doing the 40-yard dash. Okay, we just make sure that you can, uh, I guess, physically do the job. Uh, being an outstanding president, he went on to say, requires great mental acuity and physical stamina. If you don't have these qualities or traits, it is likely you won't succeed. MAGA. Hmm. Your thoughts, Scott? Okay. You have a question mark in your head. Well, I mean, <laughs> I agree. There is a uh, there is there has to be some physical health here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if you're in a wheelchair, you can still do the job. Well, yeah. So I mean, there. <laughs> like I said, if he's suggesting a you know hundred yard dash or you know chin ups or pull ups or push ups or whatever. What are you saying? Well, we know Joe's game for push-ups. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Joe actually did challenge a guy to do yeah, a push-up contest. Yeah. 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 Called him overweight, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Call him fat. <laughs> hey, fat. Fat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so are you saying that Trump would not do well in the chin-ups? Is that what you're saying? Against Nikki Scott. Haley? No, he would not. <laughs> Scott. Okay. You say so. I think he might struggle there, yes. I think if it's driving a golf ball, he'd be fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. He'd be good there. But, yeah, the push-up thing might be an issue. I don't know. She might not drive him, too. I don't know. Oh. Scott! <laughs> I don't know. Man, now you're throwing down the gauntlet here, You man. really are, man. <laughs> Pay-per-view event for charity. <laughs> Battle of the sexes. <laughs> right. Um, you mentioned this yesterday. I Man, I, I'm seeing this get traction. Meghan Markle especially, very upset and overwhelmed mm-hmm. about her portrayal on South Park. Oh, mm-hmm. Has she tried crying about it? I don't know. I mean, if I had to guess, I would say probably yes. Um, you had the clip of it when they were on the We Want Our Privacy tour. Yeah. Her and Harry, Yeah, which is a joke. Yeah. All right, thanks for having us on the show. It's so awesome to be here. It's great. So let me start with you, Sam. You've lived a life with the royal family. You've had everything handed to you, but you say your life has been hard, and now you've written all about it in your new book, Win. <laughs> <laughs> you love that, don't you, Robin? Still classic. <laughs> and they're saying their legal team are looking over this. There okay. might be a lawsuit. All right. Uh... <laughs> I doubt that that's really going to happen. Yeah. This, this is the Barkley Bain Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story of the day, David. Biggest story of the day. Uh, it's twofold. Both have to do with Russia. Uh, you have uh, the president of the United States, Joe Biden, going over to Poland uh, today, uh, giving a speech commemorating the one-year anniversary of the invasion of Ukraine. And on the same day that he's limping through another speech... Uh, the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin, is saying, "Yeah, we're not we're not really looking to uh, re-up the old nuclear arms treaty that we have right now." No, it's very concerning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So keeping an eye on that. Um, oh, by the way, uh, John Kirby, White House advisor, is saying, "Hey, any claims that we blew up Nord Stream are completely false." Okay. Which means it probably happened. Yeah. We'll get to that much more straight ahead.
All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. The millennial David Van Camp, the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay. Hey, the United States did not blow up Nord Stream, take it to the bank. John Kirby said so. Yeah, now I absolutely believe that the United States blew up the Nord Stream pipelines. Well, remember, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. A longtime investigative journalist named Seymour Hirsch published an interesting article claiming that the U.S. blew up the Nord Stream pipelines, which carry gas from Russia to Europe. That happened Mm -hmm. in, what, September? Uh, And the way he describes it, I mean, it reads like a spy novel. You know, you got you, you you got this coordination with other nations. I think Norway was the main one because there's a staging area there. Mm-hmm. In the summer, they were doing some joint exercises. They sent some divers down, and they planted mines, and then they decided, hey, like three months later, we're going to blow this thing up. Um, and they chose specific personnel. Yeah, because they didn't want to disclose uh, this operation to any members of Congress for fear of it leaking out. That was now. Now again, I mean, Hirsch has had some huge misses in the past, like really mm-hmm. in the last I don't know twenty years or so, uh, and he relied on one source for the story. So again, take it with a grain of salt, if you will. Um, but uh, it's just good to see legacy news take that and investigate themselves. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they didn't. They didn't do that. Yeah, no, no, they didn't do that. Uh, White House spokesman John Kirby, though, was asked about the article uh, during an interview on Fox News. Hmm. It's a completely false story. There is no truth to it, Shannon. Not a shred of it. It is not true. The United States and no proxies from the United States had anything to do with that. Nothing. If the U.S. were to undertake some mission like that, would the administration have an obligation to inform Congress in advance? We, we did not take uh, any such operation, Shannon. And obviously we keep Congress informed appropriately of, of things, both classified and unclassified. But I can tell you now, regardless of the notification process, there was no U.S. involvement in this. None. Zero. It's completely false. Dead officials like John Kirby have never lied to no, before. Never. Does anybody know the whereabouts of Aquaman during this time? (laughs) Just wondering. Don't know. Don't keep tabs. What are you getting at? That's next from John Kirby? Well, yeah. (laughs) I'd like to deny that Aquaman was involved. You know what's going to keep happening from what I read today? Power grid attacks. God, I Mm. read this. Oh, my gosh. This is one of my darkest fears. When I saw the story this morning. Like, yep, this sounds like something Robbins would be interested in. Wall Street Journal. Well, it's their analysis. It has shown a sharp rise in targeting facilities, you know, that just attacks the power grid. That could be vandalism, gunfire, whatever. It's taking them down. If you remember the one in, was it North Carolina or South Carolina? I can't remember. North Carolina, yeah. North Carolina. And that was just gunfire. Yeah. Took everything down. Well, apparently, all of these outages have increased 20% since 2020. Who's doing it? Well, they're attributing it to people frustrated by the onset of the pandemic, social tensions, economic challenges, activists. That's also part of it. Um, but that one in North Carolina, was it 45,000 people in the dark for a while? So they've been studying these grid attacks... And the, all they're saying is, well, yeah, there's going to be an uptick if our information is right. It's going to continue on. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, 
if you get caught doing this, what's the punishment? Sure, it's something. But how severe is it? It's a good question. I'm not sure. It needs to be more severe. Yeah. You think about different countries that have low crime. You always ask, why do, why do they have such low crime? What's usually your answer to that? Oh, there's just nice people that live in that country. <laughs> right, they don't no. do bad things, right? There are deterrents. Yeah, there's bad deterrents on one. Don't do this, and this is what happens. Yes. If you just could somehow rid this country of their guns, this wouldn't be happening. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's pretty good, Scotty. No, they said, yeah, going back to the 2020 presidential election as well as the recent midterm elections, we have seen an uptick in chatter and an uptick in incidents. And, you know, so our predictions are more of this is going to be happening. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people are realizing how fragile the grid really is. You can take out one substation and boom, lights go out. Yeah. Which is well, why you got a lot like of extremists to... just making to look a point. Yeah. Well, and th- th- this is why I'd like to talk to you about David Van Kemp's crisis gardens. <laughs> Failing to plan is planning to fail. So get your crisis garden, yep. uh, ammo, uh, get right with Jesus, yep. and don't meet you at your hideout in East Texas because oh, no. you won't let us in. No, I won't let you in. Okay. So we got to find our own place. But you the do. rest of your... I don't know. Advice would be taken. Mm-hmm. Okay, appreciate that. It's like you need a, you need a shop though, one stop shopping. You can get your ammo, get your plants, <laughs> get everything you need in one stop shopping. They they have those. We can get your gun and mm-hmm. get your seeds, your tomato seeds. Yeah. I like that. Okay, good. You can I get your survival go food and your guns and your ammo at Bass Pro Shop, sir. Well, I think you put the Van Camp name on it. It's going to be more legit. Well, that's I think true, you could yeah. make a oh, lot of money with that. The logo. I don't know. Bass Pro on. also holds yeah. on to your uh, firearms purchases records for like 20 years. So I would not buy from Bass Pro. Yes. <laughs> I remember you were, man, you were bent when that happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, you read the fine print and you're like, <laughs> oh, well, not shopping here anymore. Yeah. Um. So getting kids into sports helps with anxiety and depression, you say? New study? Yeah. Uh, you know, the experts have now figured out that getting kids outside and playing sports is good for their mental health. Now, I, I know I have a snarky tone with this. I love this type of, this type of idea. I'm glad that people are finally coming around to this. Yeah. It's sort of like what's old is new. But uh, a few years ago, the administrators at Oliver Hazard Perry School in Boston were worried about a lack of school counselors to help high-risk kids. Uh, So they started this program called Chalk Talk with help from a local nonprofit called Doc Wayne, and this uses a team sports setting to counsel students as well as, uh, you know, you get that camaraderie with a team sport, and that's opposed to, like, one-on-one psychiatrist meetings. And, I mean, the, the results speak for themselves. It's not all that surprising, but it is... Uh, pretty good, uh, where they, they're talking about, like, I don't remember what it was, like a 76% reduction in kids fighting in school and with depression. Oh, I believe it. Totally believe it. I'm looking for a book in my library on my phone right now, and I'm not going to be able to find it in time. But it's one of those things. You learn a lot of life lessons and a lot about yourself 
when you play on any sort of team activity. And it doesn't just yeah. have to be you know football, baseball, or basketball or anything like that. It can be marching band. It can be any number of extracurricular activities that are really good for the heart, mind, and soul. It could be theater. And body as well. Yeah, right. And you're okay. working with staff. I'm not crew. saying that that yeah. won't help. Physical, something that's physical, Yeah. at least from research, is really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure it is, yeah. Gosh dang it, I can't remember the name of the book. I apologize. So I'll give you at least my memory of reading this, and this has been years ago now. It was a suburb out of Chicago, and this is what the book was based on. They decided that they had kids coming in, they were so tired in the morning, and they were having a hard time getting a start to their day. So they wanted to try something where they were getting the kids to come in an hour earlier, and in that hour, they were going to work them out. The kids could choose what they wanted to do. You could do weights, you could do uh, running, whatever it was. And if you couldn't do much, you started out with maybe only running five minutes. And then walking the rest of the time. Whatever it was, you were going to move your body. And it was crazy what happened to their grades. Mm-hmm. They went through the roof. They hadn't seen anything like it. Isn't that something? Yes. Yeah. And you're always wondering, why doesn't something like that catch on? It takes a lot of work. <laughs> well, and there are a lot of people that, that don't want that, to be honest. Well, you also think about what the experts have been doing recently on the national level. We just had the story, what was it, last month? where the FDA is moving forward with approving uh, like gastric bypass and certain medications to combat childhood obesity. It's crazy. Instead of just saying, no, get out, run around a little bit, let kids be kids for a while. You don't have to just treat everything with a pill or even with some, you know, feel good counselor. You can just teach them how to throw a ball. Yes. Agree. Quick sports story. And to me, this transcends sports because it gets into marketing and it gets, well, I would say into freedom at some point. Another story that I happen to see at Wall Street Journal today. There is a female basketball player at LSU. A real female basketball player? Yes. Okay. Um, She has a shoe deal with Puma. LSU has a shoe deal with Nike. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Because, you know, college players can get paid now. Yeah. So this is uncharted territory. Um, her name, David, I'm going to ask your help because you, from your news background, uh, I'll spell it out for you. Ready? I don't want to mess up her name. F-L-A-U apostrophe J-A-E. Yeah? Stumped him. Don't turn your mic off on us. We, we need to hear you. I'm going to have to, <laughs> I'm going to have to see that in print. I didn't follow that. F-L-A-U. F-L-A-U. A U apostrophe J A E. Flau J. Flau J. That's how okay. I would pronounce it. Nice. All right. So Flau-J. hopefully, and this way I can go through the story, and if the name's wrong, it's on Van Camp. Mm-hmm. That was almost David's daughter's name, Flau J. Flau J. In the top three. Flau J. Johnson has this deal with Puma. Okay. Uh, one of the reasons she's a freshman guard, she has 800,000 Instagram followers. Yeah. Wow. Whoa, influencer. Yeah. She also raps. Well, of course. We mean, of course. Well, Not, who does you it? think you, What? You think it's easy to rap? Models and rappers. All right. They're everywhere. What? Rap about Flo J. Johnson right now on the spot. <laughs> Flo J. Johnson can hit the three. She's much better than you and me. <laughs> okay, that's pretty darn good. Okay. All right. I stand corrected. Anyway, Flo J. Uh, has this 
contract that's paying I what they say is low to mid six figures. That sounds like at least three hundred grand, doesn't it? Yeah. Hey, yeah. That's pretty darn good. Okay, but the Nike deal requires the school's varsity athletes to wear the brand in games, Oops. practices, and official public appearances. And those deals have been around college for a long, long time. You can't wear anything else but that while you're appearing for the university. But with Puma, you can say, well, anytime you post, you know, you could just be practicing on your own, whatever. Show the brand. So there's, you know, like her getting her Pumas out of the box and wearing them. Do whatever she wants. And she said, it feels good. You feel like you're trailblazing. Yes. But under Nike's contract with LSU, the company pays the university $1 million and provides nearly $5 million in product each year in exchange for the school making Nike the exclusive supplier of athletic footwear and on from there. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. what happens with this. Because well, is is there going to be different brands that are going to be very upset because who are they trying to influence? Yeah. It's the kids that follow them, especially on social media. And if the player they love is saying, yeah, I have to wear these because the school makes me, but I really prefer these, that's going to have a lot of influence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, well, I think so, and I think in that case, as long as you're not wearing them at games, and I'm I'm sure there's contract language that addresses this, because mm-hmm. I and you know you can say this is crass or whatever, but it is true. I guarantee you, more people are consuming her activities on Instagram than they are watching her play basketball on the court, without a doubt. No, so doubt. okay, that's what matters. I'm wearing my Puma shoes while I'm on Instagram and doing rap videos and whatnot. So. There we go. I'm going to get my money. Yeah. Wow. It's just interesting to me. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, they can't deny her from making money. No. Because a lot of these different athletes, that's why you see so many trying to build the brand on social media because it can mean, you know, massive dollars. (laughs) (laughs) Not only from what you make from your own brand on social media, but then for the sponsorships. Wow. Okay, there's much more to get to. Can't wait to get my shoe deal. What kind you want? Arkeem, Elijah Wan. <laughs> <laughs> the January 6th tapes are coming out. That story much more coming up right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Oh, there are some people very nervous right now. Yeah, and they should be. Yeah, Tucker Carlson has been given access to tens of thousands of hours of never-before-seen footage from inside the Capitol on the day of the Capitol riot in 2021. Uh, and Democrats really didn't want this footage released. And the assumption, and it is only an assumption at this point, but I think it's a pretty good one, is that, uh, well, it might undercut the all-out coup talk. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because while certainly there were people there who were way out of line, boy, it did seem like there were some Capitol Police officers that were opening the door for people. And we've all seen it. Taking selfies with the people and 
Very interesting. Yeah. Why is that? Hmm. Uh, Democrats are panicking about this, putting out statements. Uh, Jamie Raskin said, McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker, uh, giving 40,000 hours of January 6th tape to a pro-Putin journalist is an astounding ethical collapse. What security precautions were taken to keep this from becoming a roadmap for 2024 insurrection? Oh, God. Why isn't it available to all media and public? Smell the MAGA propaganda coming! That's the guy who was on the January 6th committee. Right. Okay. Uh, Adam Schiff, one of the top Russia truthers in the House of Representatives, who used his position on the Intelligence Committee to spread disinformation about a duly elected president of the United States, wrote, Kevin McCarthy turned over January 6th videos to right-wing propagandist Tucker Carlson, a man who spews Kremlin talking points, suggests January 6th was a false flag and spreads the big lie. Make no mistake, this isn't about transparency. It's about fueling dangerous conspiracy theories. Why are you afraid of what is on the video? Exactly. You should welcome this. Everybody can see what we saw now. Right? Yeah, they don't want the American people to see everything. Don't. Oh, yeah. Can't control it's not it just that. There are a lot of liberals freaking out about this. Not Tucker Carlson, of all people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Freakouts on. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Now, Jamie Markley. That's <laughs> David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Biden in Ukraine, then in Poland, inspiring speeches. Would we, we would be, would we the all of our allies would be united? Yeah. Or divided? Yeah. We're together on this. Mm-hmm. Okay. All of our allies. We're not. We are united, not divided. Yes. Okay. All right. It's inspirational. It's like sounds like listening to a CD on a disc man while riding a horse. <laughs> Time out. Before we get back to the story, did you ever have a disc man? You were born in 87. Oh, yeah, I had a disc man. Okay. Before that, I used to have the old, uh, uh, an actual boom box that I, wow. you know, you got the D batteries and whatnot. That oh, you, yeah. You can just, yeah, I had one of those. Yeah. Yeah, I remember not being able to afford the actual car steer with a CD player and having yeah. the disc man and it would skip like crazy. I had that for years. Yeah, with the cassette adapter. Yes. Into the dash. Yeah. Sounded like garbage. Would we, you, we would, would we? The, yes, that's what it was like. <laughs> that's when the tape is starting to go. Yeah, absolutely. So here we are, a year later after Russia invades Ukraine, and Biden shows up to say, "Hey, we're with you, no matter the cost, no matter the time. We're here." There are people in Ohio saying, "That's nice on President's Day. What yeah. about us?" Yeah. No one's made the appearance here. We can't even get the. Transportation secretary here, oh, he, let alone the president. He says he's going to show up, you know, when the time is right. Pete Buttigieg was asked when he was going to visit. This was on uh, Spectrum News. Okay. When you're actually going to go, because these people, they don't know what they're breathing in. 
And they're told, yeah, you can drink the water, but then you test it and it's not safe. So I, I am very interested in getting to know the residents of East Palestine, hearing oh, from them God. about how they've been impacted and communicating with them about the state steps that we were taking. Where you been? He's getting into, been, he wants to know people. It's not been a just, couple of weeks. You were all interested in racist roads and bridges. In the early days of this incident, uh, I have been going by the common practice of transportation secretaries uh, with regard to crash sites and disasters, which is usually to uh, allow NTSB to be the lead on the safety investigation uh, while working on policy implications. But yes, when the time is right, I do plan to visit East Palestine. I don't have a date for you right now. Oh, I got it. All right. So you're the bold leader that wants to follow in the footsteps of everybody else. No trailblazer, you say? Yeah. He wants to get to know people. Come on. He's right. to pitch his tent by the river. Excuse me? His little two-man pup tent. What? What are you talking about? I didn't stutter. Okay. Okay. I don't know what you mean. Okay. There's a little Pete. <laughs> don't david just move i'm on. not i'm not touching there's other that. there's other yeah me neither there's other stuff we got to get to uh okay we'll see what happens when he actually goes there that'll be a load of mcgurkin um did you see retailers are going to shut down over 800 big box stores mm. yeah i did see that yeah I've said this i don't know how many times when you hear whether it's one of the business channels or you're reading, you know, different pieces saying, you know, uh, fears of a recession. Fears. What do you need? Right. Because it used to be a certain definition, and then we blew past that months ago. Well, yeah, but this is a different sort of thing here. Where you see record credit card debt, people paying for their bills with credit cards more than ever. And as inflation and sales are low... Interest rates are going up. As they say, it's the perfect storm. So you got a lot of retailers shutting down. I'm sure some people would say, well, that's also a lot of online shopping. Mm -hmm. That's part of it. Yeah. But this seems to be not just online sales. It's also all of these things combined with a crappy economy right yeah. now. That's the big part of it. I, th I think you're right about that. I also think the other factor here is just overall crappy customer service. Oh, that's interesting. The experience of actually going to a retailer now and having someone actually help you is rare. You know what, now that you bring that up, because I don't do that very often. Mm -hmm. I do it probably more than anyone, either one of you two guys. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, because some things I will buy online, and my wife will buy a lot of things if she's going out to shop for different things. So you are the one out there, and you don't want to order it online. Not a fan, no. I like, to, I like to hold the media. I like to go buy it. I like to see it. I like to try it on. Whatever. You don't know how to do it online. But anyway. I can if I want. Gush <laughs> now. But you've griped and moaned about customer service. I do. Many because times. it's just like know the product that when you go in. I mean, I, that's my expectation. My expectation is it's got to be better than buying online. There's got to be something that differentiates you from buying online. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then why not buy it online? Well, the person working there has probably only worked there for a few weeks, and they're just getting to know it. And then you yell at them. Well, no, I don't yell at them. I'm just like, hey, I, 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 I'm looking for help here. Yeah, that's kind of yelling, though, Scott. Very aggressive. I can't tell you my grocery store that I go to. Yeah. I will say, where is a particular thing that I don't know where it is exactly? They'll actually walk me to it. 
which is not. I keep going back there. I'll go back there all the time. I mean, is that just someone that's actually walking around or they're no, stocking the that, shelves? No, somebody that works there. You know, I'm not just going to ask Joe, hey, do you know where the paprika is? <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I'm saying, are you taking someone away from what they're doing somewhere far away from where I'll, it is? I'll, but they're, if they're stocking, I'll say, hey, do you know where the paprika is? And they'll say, yeah. Hang on. Follow me. I'll show you. And they, they take me to it. That's customer service, my friends. Because you can't read the board up on the top that well, has everything does, in that aisle. It, well, it, sometimes that's misleading, too. <laughs> I just want to know where how everything is. How is it misleading? It might be marked some, something other than what I think it is. So, if you're looking Is it with the condiments? Is it with the pep, whipped cream? I don't know. Paprika usually is merchandised alongside... You know other spices, though. Well, that's that Which can is, be true. But if I'm looking and I'm in a freaking okay. hurry and I don't want to do this, I ask somebody. Back to the story. Camp is with me. Then I don't have a problem. Bed Bath and Beyond. You've heard about their troubles. Yeah, yeah when Walmart. they changed their name to Bed Bath and Be Arthur, things went bad. Gap, Party City. Yeah. And the other thing that you're seeing more and more of, as far as just profit margins, they're down for several companies. Yeah. Which means layoffs are coming. Yeah. That's what I think a lot of people are afraid of. Uh, someone that appears not to be getting laid off, totally switching gears here, which means I'm going to make some money off this, is Don Lemon. Don Lemon's not getting fired, it doesn't appear. No. He was not on CNN this morning, yesterday, or today, but he's supposed to be back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And he has agreed to participate in formal training. Okay. You got that going for it. What is that formal training and knowing when women are in their prime? You're going to read old issues of Playboy or something? I don't know. What version of the story you want? You want the Wall Street Journal story? Oh, sure. Okay. Um, Let's see. They're saying in this uh, that uh, his boss reprimanded him. That was on the call on Friday. Um, said it's been a huge distraction to the great work of this organization, (laughs) what Donna said. Wow. Uh, But uh, Don apologized and then uh, tweeted, saying the reference I made to a woman's prime this morning was inartful and irrelevant. Talking about Nikki Haley. As colleagues and loved ones have pointed out, I regret it. I have countless women in my life who prove that every day, Mm -hmm. that a woman's age doesn't define her either personally or professionally. I take issue with that line, because that is the black friends line. I got a lot of women I work with. What? Yeah, the two he works with every morning now hate him. They hate him. They've hated him for a while. And apparently, according to reports, CNN is not taking their feelings into consideration. Poppy Harlow won't even eat a lemon now. Oh, I think I think this, they're they're really missing a, a, a great opportunity though to juice the ratings a little bit. No pun intended there. Yeah, but I, I mean, look, Don Lemon says stupid crap all the time. That's not. <clears throat> this isn't even top ten in Don Lemon's greatest hits. The whole women not in their prime. I mean, the guy actually went out there on national television and said, "God's not about judging people." <laughs> I forgot about oh, yeah, that. that was, like, we do that have a guy, lot of greatest hits. That guy's an idiot. But they just need to lean into it. Let him, let him do, like, I don't know if you call it the lemon squeeze or what, but just let him, let him do some r- ridiculous hot take because that morning show has gotten more publicity in the last week than it has since its inception. Yeah, it doesn't matter, though, if you tune in. It's terrible. 
It's bad. That's what I'm saying. Unleash Lemon, man. Just let him just start slinging hot takes. I guess. I don't know. Dude, the thing is in the heat. This was the chance. But anyway, the boss said, um, we want to have a fostering culture along with accountability in which people can own, learn, and grow from their mistakes. They should call it actually the lemon drop. Like he when gives they fire hot, him? No, he gives it. He gives a hot take, and then he drops the mic. But it's but it's a lemon drop. Lemon drop. Hmm. I'm okay with that. That's good. Yeah. Okay. And would you tune in to see it? Of course not. <laughs> well, hell no. But no, it's not going to work. <laughs> okay. Oh, you know what? I want to share this. I, I just want to play this for you, and then get your take. Okay. All right. Speaking of women, this mom in Australia. This has been all over online explaining why going to work is way easier than staying home with their kids all day. Mm. I think it all depends on the job that you have. I agree with that. Um, But anyway, this has blown up, and people have had takes on both sides of what she is saying. So just looking for a gut reaction, here is what she says. Going to work is so much easier than staying home with kids. And here's why. On my work days, I get to commute to work listening to music by myself. I get to grab a coffee, walk through the city, go to the office, have adult conversations with other people, work, and then I miss my kids and can't wait to see them and they can't wait to see me either. On the flip side, when you're at home alone with the kids for days on end, you might go days without having a normal human conversation. True. From the second you open your eyes in the morning until you close them at night, you are on. You are putting out fires over the most insanely irrational things. You're being yelled at for things. It is all about what you need to do for someone else. Yeah, they're kids. You barely get a hot coffee. You barely get time to sit down and think about anything else outside of what needs to be done. Okay, reaction. Who wants to go first? Sky, go ahead. You know, it was kind of funny for a second. Then it turned into this thing. Well, yeah, that's what parenting is about. It's about putting out fires. It's about messy situations. It's about having no time to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 David, you got I, two little kids. Yeah, yeah, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. I think, one, it depends on the age because when they're really little, mm-hmm. that I, I would agree going to work is a break because when you have a little, little kid, when they're awake, you're, you got to be near them. Yes. Um, but when they get a little bit older, yeah, you can let them play and do stuff. And as far as interacting with other people, that's a you decision. You you can go take your kids somewhere. Yeah. And even to the park and just you can talk to other parents there. Maybe ignite a friendship. Yeah. Okay, depending on your job, for some people, going to work is like a social activity, mm-hmm. and the stress isn't too much. Other people, it's a freaking stress factory, so it depends there. My first reaction was, that's why they call it a sacrifice right. Right. for your kids. Yeah. And we live in such a freaking me culture. Well, I can't get my coffee. I can't listen to my podcast. Well, you can give up a few years for your kids if you can. I know some people can't, but that's why it's admirable. And I think... <laughs> Moms that stay home with their kids because they can get a bad rap. It's not easy. No. Did. I was like, well, yeah. Look at any study. It'll tell you the kids are better off. If you can stay home with them, you should. All right. Got to get to a news update and at least one of Don Lemon's greatest hits straight ahead.
Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. <laughs> the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, has been out there trying to finally uh, talking about this train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, he's been very slow to it. And he has actually acknowledged, you know, I could have gotten on this a little bit sooner. But I'll visit East Palestine whenever whenever we can find time in the schedule. Uh, and his whole take is, I don't just do photo ops, okay? Even though he is literally a human. I don't even know if he's a real person. He, he kind of reminds me of a stock photo of a politician at a ribbon-cutting event. <laughs> like that That's his existence is photo ops. That's all he is in his position for. Yeah, but anyway, uh, as we're sorting through that news today, get the news out of Nebraska. Another train derailed. Jeepers. This one was carrying coal, and they believe that there is. A, this was a Union Pacific Railroad train. Uh, it says that the train was transporting coal, and there's no indication that the crash poses a threat to locals. Okay. But they got the hazmat suit guys there, just well, in case. I guess can never be too careful. Right. We'll what the hell is news. going on with these trains? Are we just more aware of it now? Yeah, well, Pothole Pete said the other day that there's a thousand a year. That's no pot, big deal pot, what happened pot, in Ohio. Pothole Pete. <laughs> That's what I said, Pothole Pete. I, I know. You need to really say that slowly, though. Pothole Pete, why? Are you there's, slow? No, what? There's a couple of listeners that perhaps heard something else. What'd they hear? Starts with a B. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Pothole. I know. Pot I just want to make sure you emphasize that. Okay. Well, I think there are going to be some people on the left that are like, coal still exists? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I know that. It, right. What? Oh, my gosh. Right. No. Are you kidding? <laughs> Can't have that. Goodness gracious. You know what, man? There were so many different things that I could play for Don Lemon because we were talking about Don Lemon a little while ago and some of his worst takes ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there, there's a lot. There are a lot. Okay. One was not even that long ago. <laughs> Which is really something. Um, CNN was never liberal. Huh? The word on the street is that you guys aren't allowed to be liberal anymore. Is that is that the case? I don't think we ever were liberal. What? Yes. <laughs> no, never liberal. Um, the one where he was talking about what a relief it was when Biden won. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Seriously. It sounded ridiculous at the time. Two and a half years later, listen to this. These people needed help, man. I didn't realize the PTSD, PTSD that people are feeling around this country because we have had whiplash from someone who only cares about himself and not uniting people. America needed a release valve at that moment. <laughs> and they wanted to get it off their chests. It was like a third world country, people who have been oppressed. Oppressed! Mm-hmm. In this country, and then he went on to weep. The whole entire theme was everyone is welcome under this tent. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, Daddy. I wonder why there's no ratings there. Mm-hmm. Okay, David, what's the biggest story of the day? That that you guy can't. still has a job. It's unreal, man. Yeah, he does. That, not, not over the. You know, women in their prime comment. I mean, the guy's an idiot. Just an utter idiot. But anyway, oh, I yeah. digress. Well, here, if you... Something real quick. I mean, 
Remember when he tried to blame the hurricane on climate change and got shut down? Can you tell us what this is and what effect climate change has on this phenomenon? We, we can come back and talk about climate change uh, at a later time. I want to focus on the here and now. <laughs> so, Robbins, you got your top three of the yeah, day ready? Of course I do. All right. The Robbins trifecta. Here's the update. Straight edge. David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, just looking up at Fox News. AI chatbot facing backlash over alleged bias. He doesn't care. The artificial intelligence. Yeah. Did you see this story? This was out of the Washington Post. Take it for grain of salt. Companies are now using artificial intelligence to choose who gets laid off. Duh, geez. <laughs> what? Does that scare you? Well, I guess step well, yeah. step one is the HR manager now. Could be. I am your HR overlord now. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, as woke as the culture is, maybe this is a good thing. No kidding. Uh, so, apparently Google laid off 12,000 employees last month. That did happen. People thought some of the layoffs seemed, well, a little random. So they vented online, speculated that AI had a hand in it. Now, Google is saying that's not the case. There was no algorithm involved. But apparently it is happening at some places because there was a poll of 300 HR managers last month. And check this, 98% said they expected to use software or algorithms to help make decisions about layoffs this year. You can't suck up to AI either, can you? To save your job. No. You can't. Hmm. And you're really good at that. I've seen it through your career. I've known you 30 years. Have I ever been fired? <laughs> well, no. You're pretty good at it. But some people look at it as, man, that's pretty cold and inhumane. As far as, what, letting an algorithm figure out if you're the one to get laid off or not? But others are saying, well, it levels the playing field. And it does make sure that valuable employees don't get let go. I just want to know what, the, what they feed into that thing to determine that. But anything that's measurable, I would guess. Mm, that's a tough one. Yeah, there are some jobs it's hard to measure, though. It is. There yeah. are some people who do work that no one ever knows about, really. But as right. soon as they're, they're gone, gone everybody you would. realizes, yeah, absolutely. oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently they're already using this type of tech in other ways, like choosing who is the best person to hire for a position. I've seen that. But, I mean, you could go back for a while, people using personality tests yeah. and things like that, to see if someone's going to fit a team or is good for this particular job. But they use as an example artificial intelligence comparing skill sets and then weeding people out. It also predicts a person's flight risk. Like, uh, maybe they're too good. They could take this job and then jump ship. Oh, boy. In other <laughs> words, be good, but not be t don't be too right. good. Just depends on the position. 
Wow. You're one step above mediocrity. It'll keep you employed. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, one other thing just to mention before your trifecta. And I had to look at this once I saw the headline. I'm like, in Florida? They're talking about banning dogs from sticking their head out of car windows? No, it's dangerous. They'll jump out sometimes. Well, you don't roll it down all the way. You roll it down far enough for the dog to stick its head out well, and know, feel but... the freedom of the open road because they love it. <laughs> You're trying to the... deny them of that? Should they be wearing goggles for, like, bugs or something in the eyes? Is that what they're worried about? Or are they worried about the dog jumping out? I don't know exactly what they're worried Some about. Some people roll it down too far. To keep pets safe and prevent animal cruelty. Yeah, there was a thing I saw the other night. There was on some interstate somewhere. A dog jumped out, mm. was rolling down the road, and somebody, all the cars were pulling over, and some guy got the dog into the car, and it, it had a broken shoulder. But besides that, it was going to be fine. I think it can it's, happen. It can, yeah. But you want a law against letting your dog stick its head out the window? I don't know. No, I don't want a, no, I don't want a law on that, no. Okay. I mean, you can't fix stupid. If you're going to roll it all the way down, you can expect bad things to happen, though. Well, I mean, I knew that you liked pets okay, yeah, like do. dogs, cats, but after your heart attacks, it yeah. went to this other gear to where it's zany land. Yeah, well, probably. Yeah. Scott's like two years away from saying it should be a law that dogs have their own child seats. Strap them in. Strap them in. They Gosh. do actually have doggy uh, oh, they do. uh, yeah. seat belts. Yeah. yeah, you can put them on. You can put the dog in a seat belt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet they love it. <laughs> well, <laughs> a lot of them, it's like if you have a harness rig for your uh for your dog you just hook yeah. it into a portion of the seat belt or, or it clicks into the seat belt receiver right so they're not oh, actually man. bound it's just sort of like they can't jump out of the car i think if daisy could have talked she would have said to me do not strap me into anything let <laughs> me put my head out that window because i love it mm-hmm. there was a democrat by the way in florida that wants to do this oh, lauren course. book yeah. yes that's not the only thing also make it illegal to declaw cats. Yeah, I'm not a big into that either. I'm big into your cats being declawed. You My haven't cats trained will them. never be declawed. I know. You've only been there one time. Yeah, because they kept scratching on my leg. And David scratch. said because you don't know how to discipline those things. All right. Bar people from driving with pets on their lap? What? Yeah, that's, that's not so good. much safety for the animal, but, that, you know. Safety for the person. If your the dog is yeah. hopping around or whatever and. You know, you can, you know, I don't know. They could knock your arm on the steering wheel. You fly off the road. I said, nanny freaking stage. <laughs> Who are you guys? <laughs> what is this? Well, we just want to protect the animal and the driver. Jamie, I know you don't care about them, but we do. No, I want the dog to experience the freedom of riding in the car and enjoying it. You're trying to take away fun. Oh, we don't in the room with safety. <laughs> Golly, what's happened? I, we also found out Guns N' Roses is going to be playing near us, and no one wants to go. No, I have no interest in seeing Guns N' Roses. You said in the text, what, are you just baiting me? Hey, yeah. we all go? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, y'all can fall off the wagon for one night. <laughs> Drink and smoke. Let's go. Fight. <laughs> That'd be bad. <laughs> Nothing good would come from that. But when it comes down to it, you're like, neither one of you guys want to go. Yeah, no. David. Uh, Let's just make sure the pets are all in their restrainers, <laughs> and then we'll go see Air Supply. It'll That's be great. Exactly. That's exactly right. what Scott and How I much open money do you have on your Visa card, David? We're in jail. <laughs> <sighs> Let's get to the trifecta. Are you ready? One, two, three, look at you all.
It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. The dog might get hurt, and I don't like Guns N' Roses version of hair of the dog either. <laughs> okay, so Scott Robbins trifecta. Scott's top three of the day. Always helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, Casey, you going to go to Guns N' Roses with Jamie? <laughs> I bet he would. Yes. Okay, yeah. then you guys He's more go. of a rocker than you. <laughs> there you go. I think Casey let his dog ride with him, right? He was a little dog named Snuggles. Yes, he and let him he ride. <laughs> he did. Well, so did Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Is everybody ready? I'm yeah. ready. Okay, let's get to yeah. the three. Three. All right, All right. Number three. Uh, Jimmy Carter, former president. He's at the end of the road. He's in hospice yeah. care. Uh, and you have a nice story about Jimmy. Uh, I, you know, I thought about this, too. When I heard about the news of Jimmy Carter, a terrible president. I, I, I mean, I'm not going to mince words there. But his after-presidency life, he was a pretty good guy. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, he, he didn't own a mansion in Martha's Vineyard. He didn't pocket half a million dollars for speeches. His daughter didn't scare a multi-million uh, paydays up from foreign countries. Nothing like that. He, his institution, not a slush fund. Jimmy Carter did speeches. Jimmy Carter got paid to give speeches. 100% of the money went back to his Carter Foundation. I'm just saying, in terms of a good guy, I can say good things about a Democrat. Okay. I'll say it about Jimmy Carter. That's really nice. Mock all you want. I'm not doing nothing, man. I'm giving, all it's you your three. I'm giving you I'm a just, moment. I'm I thought just, you would like I'm a little music to accompany you. your just, story. I'm just telling you. That's nice. In Martha's Vineyard. Yes. The big O. Yeah. Speeches for gazillions of dollars after they're done being president. And we've got the dope now with his kid running around the Ukraine with goo gobs of money. Are you still going there? Whatever. Dude, I'm not judging. Okay. Your bit. Giving Jimmy Carter his due. That's all. Okay, man. That's, I really don't know that much about Jimmy Carter to say one way or another. Right. I right. know he's irritated some people over time. Um, and other people would say, you know, I didn't say. I good. said he was a terrible president. I say that openly, not a good president. I didn't. I didn't say that. Okay, but but a good humanitarian. Okay, there. That's all. <laughs> that hey man, Christ follower taught Sunday school in his church even after he was president. Yeah, good guy. Okay, we're getting closer and closer to number one. Scott Robbins trifecta. His top three and finding love in his heart today. It's <laughs> nice Jimmy to see. Two. Well, it's going to leave me quickly here. Uh, okay. Number two, Representative Adam Kinzinger. I'm sorry, former Representative Adam Kinzinger. He was current on the CNN employee. Yeah, he was on the uh, uh, January sixth committee. He's losing it because Tucker Carlson has the January 6th tapes, the surveillance footage. All these guys are weighing in now. Little Adam is also one of them. He is really mad about Kevin McCarthy and all that January 6th footage, giving it to Tucker Carlson. Now, why would they give it to Tucker Carlson? Well, perhaps Adam is so concerned. We'll see what really happened that day. He tweeted out, So, Kevin McCarthy shared the surveillance footage, not with the rest of Congress, investigators or anyone like that, to Tucker Carlson. McCarthy has been breathtaking in what he's done. And not the man I thought I knew before Trump. Lies, lies, lies! Said little Adam. He is very stompy foot now. The Congress and the investigators, little Adam, uh, already had the video. So did you. You lied about it. Now we're all going to know. We're all going to find out about how much you lied. That's what you guys are pissed about. You knew what was there. You knew it was already there. 
Remember when he had a chance to go on Tucker Carlson's show? Yes. Tucker about, yeah, he refused. Wasn't yes. going yeah. on that show. No. Not at all. Yeah. Now, on with the countdown. He's got Robin Trifecta, top three of the day, and number yeah. one. Number one, the EPA chief and the governor of Ohio both drank water in East Palestine, Ohio. Whoa. Yeah, the EPA officials have said that the air and water testing has found no chemicals whatsoever. So Governor Mike DeWine and EPA Administrator Michael Reagan, along with one of the representatives, went to the site, and this woman said, Hey, hey, come here. If you think this is good, drink it right out of my tap. Yeah. So DeWine did. So did uh, so did Bill Johnson. They both did. They dr- g- g- guzzled it down. Okay, well, they should. Waited a couple of minutes later, nothing happened. Five minutes after that, DeWine had smoke coming out of his ears, lightning bolts <laughs> out of his eyes, and he kept saying, What up? What up? What up? Over and over again. They can't explain why, but it had nothing to do with the water. (laughs) Keep your feet in the ground and keep reaching for the stars. (laughs) Of course, yes. And there you have it. And there's the trifecta, Scott. Thank you very much. That was very nice. That's very nice. Okay. we got to get to a news update. Oh, yeah. There's a couple of different stories that we still got to get to. Oh, and one of the ways people say it's easy to lose weight, if you want to know that. And Nimrod's in the news, all coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, COVID is now anti-racist. What does that mean? Yeah, that that was the uh, headline at hotair.com. It it has to do with a Boston Globe story that's looking at the racial breakdown of who's dying from COVID, which is kind of a weird thing to track anyway, but I guess in, in today's society, you know, it's progress to just, I don't know, boil people's existence down to the color of their skin or their ethnic background whatever they were uh, taught that in college current journalists yeah so the boston globe looked into this and and was saying well it's very weird because before uh it was like hispanics were at one and a half times greater risk of dying from covid than white people and black people were more at risk of dying from covid and remember, we heard all this, you know, we need vaccine equity, we need, you know, testing equity. Well, and then during the summer of love in 2020, mm-hmm. a bunch of Black Lives Matter, mostly peaceful protesters, remember they destroyed a bunch of the the uh, testing facilities? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, that, that, that didn't go over so well. No, I, I think, you know, there are a lot of different reasons for it. I, I think the whole racial breakdown is, is odd to me. Because really, when you're looking at risk factors early on in the pandemic, at least, you know, you had to look at lifestyle. You had to look at living conditions. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that they found in Los Angeles, for example, was there was a greater risk because more Hispanics, one, live in multi-generational households. And then due to the shutdowns that happened under Governor Hairgel there, um, they wound up having to have parents move in with kids so there are even more people around right. and more people were getting it and dying from it and 
uh, and so that was one of the explanations there. So maybe that's that's the case. Some of this is unwinding. It could be, frankly, it burned through the most vulnerable populations in those subsets. I mean... Because it's fewer now, unless you have other comorbidities. Yeah. And then I remember all the talk about vaccine equity at the time. Yeah. And the studies at the time, and I don't have any in front of me right now, but it was there were more white people getting vaccinated than black or brown people. Yeah. That was the narrative. So what does that mean about the vaccine now? Well. It's a good question. I bet they're not even going to try to ask that question. Is there anything to that? Because heck no. I wouldn't do that. Mm-mm. By the way, the oh, the story real quick. As far as losing weight, like a little tip, this comes from China. This was from Science Direct. Part of losing weight is tricking yourself. Different mind tricks. And this, they say, actually works. If you cut your food into little pieces and then scatter them across your plate, you'll actually eat less. I can see that. Do you think it would work? You actually did it? You're taking more bites? Is that the yes. theory behind it? Yeah, I yes. guess. It could work. Maybe. They always talk about using smaller plates, and that helps you with portion size. But I, yeah. I just think it, I mean, I guess I get extra steps in going back for seconds and thirds. <laughs> I thought you were so, going to say, but then i got to clean up because I'm spilling over the sides. That's why I have really? two plates. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to Nimrod's roll. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. Guy in Miami, 36 years old, arrested on multiple felonies. He reportedly stole from a farm back in December, and then he returned to the scene of the crime to do more stealing. So they call police. They show up just in time to see the dude in a getaway vehicle, a stolen 53-foot refrigerated semi carrying 10 pallets of poultry valued, check it, at $140,000. Hey, now. Wow. He led police on a chase, one point driving the wrong way down a road, straight toward a cop car, eventually crashed. He is now being held on $54,000 bond for all the poultry. Damn. And that's Nimrod's in the news.